listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 1st of June 2021. Later, the property price boom continues, but first to interest rates, the Reserve Bank leaving the official cash rate at a record low of 0.1%, but that doesn't mean some borrowing costs for homes, mortgages won't rise. I spoke earlier with Andrew Ticehurst. He's the rates strategist at Nomura. And I first asked him why there was no move by the Reserve Bank. The uh, Reserve Bank has indicated that the main trigger for a higher cash rate would be faster wage growth and inflation. Whilst it's encouraged that the there are some good signs on the economy, wages and inflation are still pretty low. So the RBA uh, left the cash rate unchanged. And we think that's likely to remain the case for some time yet. Okay, we'll go into that in a bit more detail, but can we talk about two parts of the economy specifically, housing? Is it concerned yet about that boom in house prices? Look, house, house prices are rising uh, steadily, steadily um, and concern does appear to be growing. Previously, the RBA had been noting that uh, owner occupiers and first home buyers were active in the market, but it's now seeing investors jumping in as well. So its concern levels are starting to rise a little bit, yes. What about employment? Because we, it's noted that the jobless rate is falling. It's noted some labour shortages. Will this all lead to inflation? Theory would say yes. Uh, and the base case, yes, would be yes. As the economy runs out of workers, wage pressure should rise. Um, we're a little bit nervous that we could see not just a price response, higher wages, but also an output response. Some firms are just running out of workers, um, baristas, etc. And uh, this could actually constrain output and operating hours as, as well as push up wages. So if it does lead to a little bit of an increase in inflation, does that then uh, threaten the Reserve Bank's prediction that conditions for a rate rise won't be met until 2024? In other words, could we see interest rates rise before then? With, with the global economy and the local economy rebounding better than expected, that would clearly be the risk. Uh, we uh, don't have a rate hike ourselves factored in uh, this year or next, but we could see a rate hike coming into view uh, in 2023. Uh, we think that the unemployment rate is going to be lower. Uh, by then, it'll probably have a four handle on it, and we think inflation will be edging above 2% uh, by that time. And they're the triggers, we think, which would see the RBA raise the cash rate uh, sometime in 2023, still a fair way away. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that borrowing costs won't rise right now because um, the, the term funding facility, which provided the banks with cheap money during COVID, will end at the end of the month. What's that likely to mean for mortgage rates? Yeah, we've already seen some term mortgage rates, three and four year mortgage rates, creep up five or 10 basis points so far. That pattern could continue uh, over the next year or so. Uh, we won't see anything too material though until a rate hike really does come closer into view and again we still think that's some way away so for borrowers rate rates are likely to stay quite low for quite a long time yet in our view one line that i that caught my attention in the rba statement today is that an important ongoing source of uncertainty is the possibility of significant outbreaks of the virus although this should diminish as more of the population is vaccinated What's it trying to say here exactly? <laughs> I, I think it's saying that it's watching the situation in Victoria at the moment and that it's, to use uh, someone else's language, it's alert but not alarmed. Uh, contract tracers are doing a good job. Uh, as a non-expert, 
it would seem reasonable to conclude that this one-week lockdown could be extended a little bit, but hopefully we'll get on top of this. Uh, I would say also the economy is learning to live with COVID a little better. People are set up in their home offices. Um, people are buying online. So uh, we're not seeing hits to activity uh, with COVID quite as we used to. So that, that's a good development. Next month, though, I think is when uh, all the action's going to happen. What kind of changes are you expecting next meeting, especially when it comes to tapering? And what are the risks there if it were to happen? Yeah, exactly right. So whilst the RBA is going to sit on the cash rate, possibly for another two plus years, they are going to do something further out along the curve. Like other central banks, they've been buying bonds to try and keep term interest rates down right across the yield curve. With the economy continuing to do better locally and globally, we think it's going to ease its foot off the accelerator there and indicate that it will continue to buy bonds at a slower pace. In market language, uh, we call that tapering. Uh, and it looks like the RBA would be doing this consistently with some other central banks, Reserve Bank of New Zealand, Bank of Canada, the US Federal Reserve are all, all leaning that way. So the RBA in that sense would be joining the party on that one. Andrew Tyshurst there from Namura, as he mentioned, uh, house prices continuing to climb. We had some fresh figures from CoreLogic today, up 2.2% nationally in the month of May. That's the second strongest month in 32 years. Year-on-year prices are up 10.6% on average across the country. For the month, Hobart of the capital city saw the biggest increase up 3.2%. Prices there are up 16.5% over the last 12 months. Sydney also had a solid period up 3% last month to be stronger by 11.2%. So where to now? Here is Tim Lawless, the head of research at CoreLogic. I think we've probably moved through the peak rate of growth uh, back in March earlier this year. Uh, at that time, we were seeing housing values rising at nearly 3% month on month. So the growth rate has cooled down a little bit. And our view is through the rest of 2021, we probably will see a slightly more modest rate of growth. But we are expecting housing values to continue rising throughout this year and probably well into next year as well, simply due to the fact that interest rates are set to remain at their record low levels. Um, uh, but also, of course, we, we are expecting affordability constraints to start impacting on the marketplace progressively more, probably starting to restrict first home buyers but that might be um, uh, alleviated by a rise in investor numbers. If you look at um, some of the capital cities, Perth and Darwin, for example, are still well below their previous highs, which were way back in 2014. Perth values are still down about 14%. Darwin's still down about 17%. From a housing type perspective, we're still seeing much better value in the apartment sector compared to houses where growth hasn't been anywhere near as strong. In fact, house values have risen about twice the pace of unit values over the past 12 months. That was Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. And on the share market, the 200 fell by 0.3% today to 7,142.6. There were declines in the banks, financials and technology sectors. For more, I spoke earlier with Michael Frazes. He is the portfolio manager. Clearly, there are some inflationary pressures. How are investors feeling about the inflation situation and the potential for higher interest rates sooner than expected? Ricardo, look, I think you really have to balance two things. You know, on the one hand, it's clear we are in an inflationary environment. That means rates probably will at some point rise. And that the thought of that investors' minds means that people are thinking about valuations coming down. 
But the reality is in an inflationary environment, you know, prices are rising. You know, this is clearly, by keeping rates low, they're clearly leaning towards, you know, full employment rather than controlling inflation. And that seems to be triggering something of a consumer boom. Think about what happened in COVID last year. There was a huge roar in e-commerce. Uh, but that seems to have continued into this year and extended into areas like autos and real estate um, that, that are also starting to benefit now. To what extent has that continued, though? Because we have seen a bit of a reversal, though. A lot of the um, a lot of the stocks that did well last year, your growth stocks, your tech stocks have been sold off. Is there some opportunity now? Absolutely. I mean, there's been a huge sell-off in that very high growth end of the market. Um, it's very much been a case of multiples coming down rather than fundamentals deteriorating. If anything, a lot of growth stocks are doing better than ever fundamentally. So for us, that combination of, of lower valuations, lower prices, um, and accelerating fundamentals definitely does um, mean there's something of an opportunity. It's also worth noting we can now see data on fund manager positioning, and people have swung from you know ultra positive, ultra bullish to ultra negative. You know, by some metrics globally, you know, fund managers are more bearish on tech today than they have been in ten years. So if you pull all that together, those accelerating fundamentals and negative sentiment and lower prices, that definitely makes for an opportunity in our eyes. So in this current environment, where do you see those opportunities? Um, look, I think it's going to be a lot harder now than it was, you know, I guess this time last year where everything had sold off um, and it was very clear that there were going to be structural winners uh, in that coronavirus world. Look, I think now the best opportunities are in places like the life sciences, if you think about what Moderna's done with vaccines, you know, they've really shown you can target disease at a really pivotal moment. You know, you don't have to change someone's genome to affect someone's disease. You can target that middle stage with mRNA and RNAi. Um, so I think those companies have now validated that, that entire concept um, and there'll be phenomenal opportunities there to roll out treatment after treatment after treatment. Uh, with also opportunity in e-commerce, you know, that's one of the sectors that seems that has sold off significantly and has a lot of um, it's done a lot of investor pressure at the moment, but we think that's opportunity because when you look at the actual data, those companies are doing as well as ever. And in most cases, these are 5, 10, 15, 20-year stories. So if you can buy them now and everybody's kind of negative on the sector and everyone's worrying about things that really don't matter to fundamentals like rates and multiples, generally that, that, that pays off quite well. And finally, if I can get a comment on you on the broader market, right? We're doing a story today about how the housing boom continues. But if you take a look at investment returns, still, if you had invested in the share market this time last year compared with the housing market, the share market returns are, are, are way more above that of, of housing. But what, what do you say to that? Because will, will this trend likely continue? Um, well, I guess... It's an interesting one because, you know, the most important thing, the most important difference between equities and, and real estate is that people take leveraged positions um, in real estate. You know, people have a lot of debt. You can buy a lot more real estate with a certain amount of equity than you can in the stock market. Um, so in moments like this where, you know, real estate is probably rising significantly um, and rates are staying low, that can actually lead to better overall returns when you take into account that borrowing. Um, and it's quite unusual. You know, typically when you see these kinds of moves, you have rising interest rates as well. And that's what mitigates it. That's why you have to kind of be very careful about the real estate investments you make. It's very unusual to see, you know, such an accelerating real estate market and such commitment to keep rates so low on an absolute level. It means that even very expensive houses are actually quite affordable when you consider, you know, the, the interest rate piece and your, you know, weekly or monthly repayments. So it's a tough one. I don't have a clear answer for you, but I would say that that's, it's a very unusual positive storm for real estate at the moment. 
Michael Fraser's there from Fraser's Capital Partners. That is SBS on the money. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS on the money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.